You're listening to the Crossing DE podcast from The Crossing in Milton, Delaware, a community dedicated to developing devoted followers of Jesus. Hey, church, Mark here. Honestly, I like the snow. I mean, if it's going to be cold, might as well snow. Know what I'm saying? However, I don't really like when the snow messes with our Sundays together. However, I am really thankful that we can, even though we cancel on Sunday mornings, I am thankful we can still be together via this online thing. Thank you for uh, joining us today. Engage. Our three-year strategy from 2022 through 2024, engage. In the next three years, we want to rally and pray and focus and succeed in engaging missional community and in engaging digital discipleship. And thirdly, to engage intentional leadership. Lord, bless, engage. Amen? Today, I want to conclude our January sermon series that's also called Engage. And today, I kind of, I want to do, focus on intentional leadership as it pertains to us as a church family. Now, last week, Adam Woods did a fabulous job pointing out Philip as a great example of intentional leadership on a personal level. So good. That message was so good. I love the example of Philip. Today, I want to kind of do part two of intentional leadership, and I want us to focus on intentional leadership as it pertains to us as a family. I thought I'd start today by telling you my story as a preacher. It's been a while since I've told this story. Um, way back, 50 years ago, when I was four years old, I say four because that's the earliest memories I think I have at four. But anytime at four years, even at four, anytime someone asks me, hey, Mark, what do you want to be when you grow up? My answer, even at four, was always, I want to be a preacher. I want to be a preacher. I just knew. I don't know. I I just knew. I I knew that I'd finish high school. Uh, I knew that I would go to Bible college. I knew probably at Bible college I'd marry an angel. Now, I didn't know her name would be angel. It just happened. But I knew I'd probably find a girl, and then I would end up being a preacher somewhere. I just want to be a preacher. On June the 6th, 1993, the Lord landed me as the senior minister right here. I was 25. It was my uh, first full-time senior minister position. And I can remember that first year as the senior minister here. Uh, I remember every Sunday morning, I'd be uh, teaching Sunday school. I'd be preaching on Sunday morning. I'd be preaching on Sunday night. I'd be leading a Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, I would be printing the bulletins. I would be uh, sweeping the foyer, you know, vacuuming the foyer every Sunday morning just to prepare the way. Uh, I'd be the one to call uh, if the baptistry needed a fixed again. 
And I could go on and on, but I just remember that first year uh, thinking and praying, Lord, I don't know that I can do everything. I, I don't think you want me doing everything. And I remember praying, Lord, what do you want me doing? What do you want me focused on? Um, what do you want me doing as the senior minister at this church? Uh, what are my priorities to be? That was my prayer. The Lord answered that prayer through Acts chapter 6, 1 through 7. And when I found this passage, um, this was huge. Uh, this was liberating, really. And, and honestly, I have put so much leadership stock in Acts chapter 6, 1 through 7. And today, I think Acts chapter 6, 1 through 7 is a perfect text for us today as we're talking about intentional leadership for our church family. Listen to this story. Acts chapter 6, starting with verse 1. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing... The Hellenistic Jews, they were a group of people who spoke Greek, among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve, the apostles, they gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. It's really interesting in the Greek, it's really, it wouldn't be right for us to not be serving the word in order to serve tables. Interesting. Verse 3 says, Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them. And we will give our attention to prayer and the service of the word or ministry of the word. Verse 5, this proposal pleased the whole group. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit and five other guys that you can try to pronounce yourself later at home. They presented these seven men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So verse 7, So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. May the Lord bless the preaching of His word and the receiving of His word today. Amen? Amen. A couple weeks ago, my phone rang. Hello? On the other end, uh, this guy said, what you up to? And my response was, well, I just sermonized all morning. And he thought that was funny. Sermonized, huh? That's a, that's a great word, he said. Well, today, as a result of my sermonizing this past week, I thought what I would do is just walk through this passage and point out some intentional leadership principles that are modeled uh, by the, these first leaders of the very first church. And I thought as I described these uh, intentional leadership principles, I thought I would use some words that rhyme with sermonized. 
Okay? Now, uh, I want you to look at whoever uh, you're watching this with right now online, and I want you to say, that sounds cheesy, so I hope it's good. And you need to know that anything that's really cheesy is absolutely delicious. Amen? All right, here we go. Maybe cheesy, but let's think through these principles. Uh, Number one, these first leaders recognized there was a problem. They recognized there was a problem. Verse 1 indicates that a complaint arose uh, against the um, Hebraic Jews that the Hellenistic Jews, their widows, were being overlooked in the distribution of, of food. And the first thing we're going to recognize here is that kingdom leaders don't just ignore problems. In fact, kingdom leaders are quick to spot them and quick to resolve them. I, I love the, the example that these first leaders, uh, they didn't just sweep it under the rug. They didn't uh, pretend it wasn't happening. They didn't just ignore it and hope it would go away. Uh, no, they recognized there was a problem. And secondly, uh, they strategized a plan for resolution. Uh, they strategized. It says, the text says, that the 12 apostles, they got together and really to make a plan, to strategize a plan. Again, they didn't pretend it wasn't happening. They met together uh, to make a plan. They strategized because they realized this complaint was legitimate. It, it wasn't a complaint that just somebody didn't like something. No, there was a whole group of people being neglected, so they strategized. They recognized there was a problem, and they strategized in a way for resolution. Thirdly, I see in this passage what they did really great is they verbalized that plan. They verbalized. Um, the passage says, So the twelve gathered all the disciples and said... You see, they communicated the plan. They, they communicated what they were going to do and how it was going to work. And, and, and we know the, the key to success of any ministry, the key to success of any leader, leadership, the key to success in any and all relationships is good communication, positive communication, constant communication, intimate communication. They verbalized. And so, as a result, uh, in doing this, they actually, uh, number four, they prioritized their ministry. They prioritized their ministry. In a sense, you kind of get the feeling that the apostles were feeling like they were being spread too thin. (laughs) I can imagine. The church was growing more than 5,000. Probably feeling a little bit spread through thin. So, this issue caused them to back up a little bit to set their priorities. Uh, This was a God-sent answer to me way back when I was 25 in my first year of ministry wondering, Lord, what do you want me to focus on? What do you want me to do? And in this passage, the apostles made it, this first leadership team of the church made it really clear that they would hold three priorities. Priority number one, prayer. Priority number two, preaching. Priority number three, the preparation of others for leadership. Three priorities. And I just knew that that's what God wanted me focused on as a senior minister here at the crossing. Uh, Prayer, preaching, and the preparing of others 
for leadership. So they prioritized. As a result, uh, I love the fact that they were synergized. Synergized. Look, uh, verse uh, 5 says this. Um, this proposal pleased the whole group. You see, there was a complaint that actually threatened their unity, and uh, some complaints were starting to happen. There was kind of a separation, and it kind of indicates that maybe the separation was due to the fact of partiality of the two different groups. So the apostles, they recognized there was a problem. Um, They strategized. They verbalized. And it pleased the whole group. And, and this plan unified them. They were unified or synergized. They were again together in ministry. And, and I love that. You see, these first kingdom leaders valued unity. And so they were synergized. Then what we can see clearly is they utilized others in leadership. They utilized others in leadership. Now notice, these apostles, they didn't cop an attitude that said, come on, man. I guess if we, if we want anything done right, we're going to have to do it ourselves. No, 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 that wasn't their attitude. They knew that if they were going to continue to grow, they knew they would have to reach out and develop more and more leaders. They, they knew that. And did you realize, did you notice that when they chose the next round of leaders, um, they, chose, uh, they chose people with really high character. I mean, full of the spirit and full of faith and full of wisdom, really high character. In fact, it was just an indication that those men, those seven men were really successful at leading themselves. And it's so obvious all through scripture, that the present leadership team of the church is responsible for the next round of leaders. So they utilized other people in leadership. So important. And so a result of all of this intentional leadership, uh, one more, uh, they were mobilized. They were mobilized for the mission of Jesus. I love verse 7. Verse 7 tells us they kept the main thing, the main thing. Listen to verse 7. So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. That's a mouthful statement. A large number of Jewish priests actually became obedient to the faith of Jesus. They were mobilized. Uh, The issue was resolved. More leaders were involved, right? Included. Uh, They communicated their plan in such a great way uh, that the the mission of Jesus was mobilized. Now, here's what all that means for us at the crossing. If we are going to succeed with the mission of Jesus, it's why we exist. And if we are going to succeed with this engage strategy, it's going to require that we be more intentional about leadership. In fact, we're going to need more and more leaders, intentional leaders, uh, to help. In fact, we already know that we are going to recruit a whole team 
uh, that it's going to lead the way for success with missional community. And we're going to appoint a whole team to lead the way with success with digital discipleship, which, by the way, probably is going to require us hiring a, a, a minister of digital discipleship. I love that. I can't wait for that. But honestly, across the board, intentional leadership. In the future, we know we're going to need more leadership team members. We're going to need more staff members. We're going to need more uh, ministry team leaders. We're going to need more life group leaders. I mean, across the board, we've got to be serious about intentional leadership. And we're going to be. It's part of Engage. And so that brings me uh, to say this. I have a bone to pick with some of you. Some of you uh, uh, here lately have asked me some really strange questions. Uh, several of you actually recently have said things to, Mar- to me like this. Hey, Mark, how long are you hanging in here as our preacher? Huh? And, and some of you have been so bold to say, hey, Mark, when are you going to retire? What? In fact, two weeks ago, a guy just said to me, uh, Mark, are you retired yet? What? How old do I look, right? What do you mean, have I, am I retired yet? And, uh, you know, do you want me to be gone? Kind of glad we're not in person to field an answer like that. But you need to know, I never plan to retire from kingdom work. Why would I do that? However, there does need to be a succession plan in place. That really does. Intentional leadership demands that, right? There needs to be a succession plan. Let me tell you what that looks like. Today, I want to announce my resignation as senior minister at the crossing to happen six years from now, all right? Six years from now. Intentional leadership. If the Lord allows, my plan is to lead the way successfully through this engaged strategy these next three years. And then to lead the way in the next three years that will follow, that will actually focus on leading the way from 2025, 2026, and 2027. And... At the end of, you know, in 2027 is when I will be ready to hand the baton over to the next senior minister of the crossing. Six years from now, all right? But that's the plan. And I want you to know that part of our engage plan, part of our plan for the next three years is to determine who that will be. And we want to make sure they're in place, ready to do that. So the following three years, the next three-year strategy will include intentional grooming of the next senior minister here at the crossing. Um, Presently, I'm in my 29th year as the senior minister here at the crossing, and I know I am the most blessed preacher ever. Thank you. I am so humbled and have been so honored to be your preacher. You have been such a great church. Thank you for loving me and my family for three decades. Three decades. But we know, 
we have to be intentional about transition. That's our plan. And I want you to know that uh, I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to give my best shot these next six years. I'm giving you the, my best shot these next six years and then transition and I have no idea what that looks like. But we know we need to be intentional. And I want you to know that I will never retire from kingdom work. I tell you what, I want to step in the, into eternity swinging. You know what I'm saying? But may the Lord bless intentional leadership here at the crossing. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information about the crossing, visit thecrossingde.com or download the mobile app on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Music for today's podcast is from artist Sounds Like Sander under license from soundstripe.com.